feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Buongiorno, Matt. Buongiorno. I knew. knew. Perfect. You nailed it. You could be in this movie. I know. Um, (laughs) You just had some pizza as well. Yep. Um, So you are just prepped for being authentically Italian to review Ridley Scott's House of Gucci. Oh, Um, I sure am. Eric, what kind of of pizza do you have? You're allergic to tomatoes, as everyone knows. Yes, I had a uh, cheese pizza um, with some bacon and... uh, mushrooms and uh, green peppers and love it uh, love it. it had like a nice kind of where did you uh, order from sauce uh sadly it was pizza pizza because it is the uh, again authentically italian <laughs> as authentically italian truly, as this movie i yeah. mean you're on brand for this movie so 100 oh, percent. Uh, yeah yeah i'm not How going are... to do an offensive italian accent like uh many of the actors in this film but um it's definitely uh it's right up the house of gucci and little italy will make a uh perfect uh double bill in hell one day yeah and the upcoming super mario brothers movie uh like eric mentioned uh starring uh some people doing some choice accents like lady gaga adam driver jared leto jeremy Irons, salma hayek al pacino uh and more uh it's an ensemble um eric ridley scott's second film of the year uh we in reviewed, less than two months as well yeah, we reviewed the last duel which i yep. which also uh, co-starred adam driver also had some choice words for um you know he keeps on i i mean i guess i applaud his worth work ethic because like uh I, the man does not slow down that's for sure no, he doesn't. He, I mean, like for a guy that is 83 years old and, um, you know, constantly working not only as a director, but as a producer um, and always kind of trying to find what the next thing is. I mean, he's already, you know, prepping his Napoleon film with Joaquin Phoenix, which is shooting in January uh, for, for Apple. Uh, so you got to be um, at least you know, appreciative of the work ethic that uh, Ridley Scott has when it comes to making movies and always trying to kind of, you know, pick something and roll with it. Obviously, some movies are better than others when it comes to consistency. uh, And And quantity does not always equal uh, quality. Yes. And consistency is an important uh, key term here because this movie is wildly uh inconsistent throughout its nearly three hour runtime uh and you feel every minute of this movie matt like there were moments where you know conscientiously you're thinking okay have have we gotten through at least an hour and a half of this yet (laughs) Because then I have half to go. Yeah. And like, uh, it's always fun sitting next to you and and kind of marking how many times you go to the bathroom. Or how many uh, times I go. <sighs> yeah. Your, your grunts and groans are usually telling of how you feel about a movie. And there were many of those in this film, which, uh, you know what? Within this movie, you can see elements that could have worked. Um if it were directed by somebody else, you know, we often talk about uh, miscasting uh, when it comes to certain productions. And 
I think part of that maybe have something to do with it, but I think the biggest miscast is Ridley Scott as the director on this. This is a project that's been in the works for about 15 years now, and he was attached at one point to direct it and then kind of left. And then people like Wong Kar Wai, you know, was supposed to come on and direct it with, with Margot Robbie in the lead. Could you imagine what that was? <laughs> that would, I, I don't think that would work though either because no, Wong yeah. Kar Wai's aesthetic is very kind of, <laughs> you know, beautiful in that kind of almost like perfume ad kind of way. And I can even see what his version of it would look like. What you need is somebody that can balance both, the gaudy not gaudy not john travolta oh i know yeah. i kept saying gaudy after the screening and i was uh, yeah the, the right ga- gaudy yeah yeah the gaudy and grotty the mm-hmm. you know gross and lurid qualities that are in this movie um essentially what the plot is you have this um interloper played by lady gaga who plays uh patricia uh Reggiani, who basically marries into the Gucci family, and uh, she, you know, starts to court Adam Driver's Mauricio uh, Gucci, who is kind of the one that doesn't really want to go in the same direction that his, you know, relatives have gone in, you know, his father and uh, his uncle and sort of owning and operating this business and he wants to do his own thing and be a lawyer. So they meet at this kind of very glamorous party and begin a relatively quaint romance, not a bad romance. I'm not going to go there, but I just did. So, um, (laughs) but there's no chemistry between Lady Gaga or Adam driver. You don't feel the heat or the energy or, or the lust or the passion. Uh, so there's a strike already, you know, against the movie. Um, But then as, you know, the years go on, this takes place between the, you know, between the the late 1970s in Milan and then into uh, the mid 90s. And part of it also takes place in New York. They go back and forth quite a bit. Um, You see Gaga sort of gaining power within this dynasty and how she's able to manipulate certain people uh within the family whether it be al pacino's uh uncle uh aldolf or um uh jared leto who is caked in prosthetics and makeup uh as the black sheep of the family uh apollo and his own designer line and so you see her kind of manipulating those around her you know gaining favor and also wanting to be the one that's in charge and through the course of this film we learn of a sort of you know the framing device at the beginning of this movie is basically a murder mystery but it's also satire but the satire doesn't work because the aesthetic is so slick and kind of cold and clinical in that Ridley Scott kind of way, but it's also visually not that interesting compared to some of other, you know, other Ridley Scott movies where like, you know, the whole point of a Ridley Scott film usually is the visual component and that's lacking here completely. Um, All the performances are completely and utterly again, inconsistent. You have actors that are giving, um, dramatic performances that should be in something that is more inclined with a kind of real Oscar contender. Like you have Adam driver, who's giving a very internalized performance of somebody who has this kind of arc of 
you know, a nice guy turned corrupt. And then you have Lady Gaga, who's in a weird kind of um, revenge movie and kind of turning into the matriarch of the family. Then you have Al Pacino just being Al Pacino, um, Jared Leto. In a completely different movie. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I have no idea what Jared Leto's doing. Um, But yeah, the film is unwieldy. It's inconsistent. It feels like there are moments of interest where it's like okay well maybe if they went down this way or followed this through line it might be more interesting overall uh the soundtrack is lazily bizarre bizarre Uh, yeah (laughs) this movie is a mess and it's and it's not one of those films where it's like it's so bad it's good or because you almost want it to be that almost yeah it's it's not trashy enough to be like you know, fun in any real way, like a, like a midnight madness kind of movie or, or, or something like that. And it's not prestigious or, you know, respectable to enough to yeah. the film that it thinks it is. And yeah. what you're left with is just not even a middle of the road film. I think I would have been fine with it if it was like two hours long, yeah. but because it is it's so it's length, and, yeah. and even the murder itself ultimately isn't the 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 sort of the main interest here it's 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 like the rise and fall yeah the rise and fall is what it is and a movie we've seen a million times but yeah i mean i'm in the exact same boat as you i think that you know it's wildly inconsistent it's incredibly overlong um and at best you kind of laugh at it but that goes back to the inconsistency thing because it never quite gets to that level which i said it like of not being gaudy enough throughout where it just ends up flip-flopping back and forth and you have these american and british actors and and uh doing these italian accents and and which should on paper and from the trailer and different things be you know if it went a certain route could be a lot of fun you're like all right just go balls out be the wall street right yeah absolutely yes exactly absolutely ridiculous uh, just sleazy over the top, uh, have fun with it. Everyone's wearing ridiculous costumes and makeup and just like go all out. But at times it feels like, again, it's taking itself so seriously that it can never decide what it wants to do. Ridley Scott just goes, well, shut the fuck up and watch the movie. Who cares if they have accents or not? And like things like that. And it just, I think you need to commit to something (laughs) and having these people do these ridiculous accents, but the movie not be ridiculous is I think it's biggest crime. And like, I compared it to like a a fake, this seems like, you know, the trailer for this movie or the movie as a whole, uh, the movie as a whole feels like a feature length version of a fake movie. And that could even you said to me when I said that to you after the screening, you're like you're giving it too much credit. Like yeah. it 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 should be that, but it's not. Like it's not funny enough. It's not ridiculous enough. But it's almost those things that Tropic Thunder or a Judd Apatow movie or Phil Lord and Chris Miller kind of poke fun at in their comedies, where they take either you know uh, uh, prestigious actors and they do this ridiculous kind of piece where they're all doing you know accents and wearing makeup and it it just screams like a fake movie uh but you're sitting there for three hours and you're like no this is real and they're taking it way too seriously and the only person who's not taking it seriously is jared leto and i hate jared leto and like but i wish everyone in this movie 
was on the same level as Jared Leto. Cause like as much as I don't really like that guy or like him as an actor, like at least in this, it feels like it one, it feels like he's in a completely different movie than everyone else. And Lady Gaga sometimes gets there, but like, it's almost, she's at like an eight and he's at like a 15. Um, and then everyone else is at like a seven. Um, and you want everyone to be at Leto's 15. Cause you're just like, I, he is in a wildly different movie and I want to watch the movie that he's in because everyone, even though they might not all be that kind of character in real life, even if that character is a little bit more, you know, uh, boisterous than everyone else. But like, it's just, it, everything feels weirdly muted yet should be elevated to a level that, um, you know, that the accents and the performances are where the, the filmmaking and the movie, you mentioned the music choices and just kind of like, it's so long that it feels like both nothing was left out of this movie and it ought the editing again, a problem I had in the last duel just feels weirdly choppy where sequences will go from one character's perspective, then like cut mid conversation and then time jump to another part. And it's the same person picking up a different conversation or like um, you can tell that like they just didn't want the last line in a line at that like and they just cut off the person from speaking. Um, yeah, there are weird music choices where like uh, a bizarre song choice will be playing in the background and then a scene will play out while people are like performing dialogue. And so, like, okay, so we got to talk yeah, about this specifically. Great, you, so, yeah. so the, so the arrhythmics, here comes the rain again. There's a scene where, where it's being queued up where you have Lady Gaga basically seducing adam driver's character back into the family fold and you know kind of trying to get him you know back in good graces with uh both his estranged father played by jeremy irons and uh his uncle and sort of you know them um all wanting to kind of work together and then also you have you know the romantic interlude of them um you know in the washroom and in and, and having sex this is when they get married bathtub. too yeah and so like yeah, that's yeah. the kind of the montage that it's going with and the song is still playing it's a it's a great song it's a great early 80s song and then there's great music in the movie just a lot of it doesn't fit yeah and a lot of it doesn't make sense where where it plays within the time period because you have disco songs playing in 1983 which by that time disco songs were dead uh you know disco was dead in the late 1970s and you still have music playing unless you're just kind is saying that you know these people are out of touch but i don't think the movie is that conscientious about that kind of thing um but then you have you know the arrhythmic song still playing when um they go to visit pacino's character again uh at one of the stores and mm -hmm. it's just kind of playing faintly in the background as though it's like playing in the store and you're kind of thinking like why is this still going on <laughs> yeah and then that consistently happens there's one constant throughout the movie um which is weird um and then we mentioned like you said the wrong filmmaker right and then yeah. i i mentioned i mean he's already done it with the american crime story versace but i said like a ryan murphy and you mentioned paulo sorrentino um like that level of or paul verhoeven someone paul, like that. yeah even verhoeven who who can bring that level of kind of gaudiness and sleaze to it that it kind of almost needed and um, I just think that's completely lost and uh, it feels like some of the, you know, the actors feel like they are in one movie, at least like, you know, especially Leto Gaga to an extent, but everyone else just, uh, uh is in another movie and it's just kind of 
dull and overlong. <laughs> like when you frame it, even with the framing device of showing his, um, you know, the moments before he's about to be murdered. And then, I mean, everyone kind of knows this story, right? But yeah, um, it just, it, it takes so long to get there. And um, nothing is all that interesting. Like the rise and fall plays out pretty standardly. Like, and again, it's just missing that level of, greasiness or sleep like shine or something i don't know but it just does not work no it doesn't and and again like thinking about the focus of this narrative i I think the most interesting thing here is actually the relationship between pacino and leto's characters and Mm -hmm. and i think that that's the stuff that works the best or comes closest to working um there's only maybe one scene that i always say it actually clicks and it's the scene where pacino hands over his shares to uh adam driver's character and sort of the alliance that driver has made with an outside uh independent sort of group of guys and sort of like where that Mm -hmm. one sort of basically um sit down kind of happens it feels like that's where the movie for a brief moment actually works and Pacino specifically is quite good in that scene um and like you're thinking to yourself okay like if this movie was about Pacino's character a man who is trying to take over the entire company and run the business but also too stubborn to really change or adapt in a way that is needed to and, and progress the company. Um, I think that that movie would be a lot more interesting overall, but then you would have to ditch all the Gaga stuff and like the main draw of this movie for a lot of people. And why is that character and what she did? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And just who Lady Gaga is, right? Like a lot of people will come to the film because of her. Um, They're not coming to the movie. I mean, as much as, you know, Adam driver is a a, a bankable leading man. I mean, people will go and see this because of her, not because of everybody else in the movie. And so like, like I understand why that character is the focal point, but even the murder itself, like there's a scene where, you know, they're, they're having, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the pastry, the, the, the macaroons, the Uh, macarons. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're talking about like, or Adam driver is basically like belittling. uh, Yeah. It's uh, when their marriage starts to kind of, lady gaga and and for telling this story with unnecessary details and that's what this movie is it's just unnecessary details and then once you get to the murder itself it feels like it's just kind of yeah it and you're just like wait what what was the point of that i thought this was the whole thing right like you want to also see her fall but then it just kind of she falls and that's it it's just like okay they start having trouble okay and then it's over and then you're like wait we spent two hours and 45 minutes getting here. (laughs) And yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Like it just, uh, it unfortunately does not work. And I think that's zero for two for me with Mr. Scott this year, but, um, yeah, the smartest guy guy here was Robert De Niro, who basically passed on playing the, uh, Jeremy Irons role. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You just, you get Pacino, you get De Niro. It's an Italian movie. You got to call them at least like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Jeremy Irons, I guess one of the guys that I think is all right, but, um, you know, no one's, I don't know, man. 
I think everyone's pretty bad. Except I kept for... thinking he was like watching. Like I like Jeremy Irons a lot, but like I, I kept looking at him and I was like, man, if they made like the the old Adams family, he would make a great old uh, uh, Gomez. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, we'll get that Adams family legacy sequel. Yeah. Where <laughs> Jeremy Irons is playing an old Gomez Adams. Uh, I'm going to give it a uh, two out of five. I don't have much else to say about it. I think weirdly Leto to me was the only kind of entertaining thing. In and the he'll movie. probably get an Oscar um, nomination for this, uh, which I think is ridiculous, but I mean, good for him, I yeah. guess. Um, I power to him for the only one being like, you know what? I'm going to do this in this movie. Give me a fat suit. Uh, let me do the most ridiculous accent you've ever heard in your life. Um, and I'll just go to 15 the whole time. And I'm like, all right, go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to give it a two. It's one of those movies where like it could be a one even, but I, I'm just reluctant to at least, you know, look at some aspects of the movie that could work. And, you know, the, the motions to set into gear are, are there. They just never coalesce because I think of Sir Ridley. I think he is probably the weakest link of the film. And like you mentioned, you know, like everybody is on these different levels and they needed to match each other. I think Ridley Scott was the one that needed to go above and beyond. I think again, like another guy who would have been amazing at doing this film, uh, who's not no longer with us is Tony Scott. I think Tony Scott would have been a perfect choice to do something like this. It wouldn't have been a prestigious film again, but it would have been something that was really fun and decadent and over just the in the top. wrong Scott did the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah. and again, I like Ridley Scott a lot and this ah, so do make, I, man, the guy's this, a legend really. So that's why like literally he, can he directed a movie called legend. Sure. Yeah. Um, but he is a literal legend. Like you, yeah. if you direct alien, um, and blade runner, I mean, you can do whatever the fuck you want for the rest of your career. So, um, I, I mean, he wanted to make this movie. Uh, good for him. Um, and like, he's just so hit or miss in the latter part of his career that, um, you know, I'll still always be intrigued by a new Ridley Scott movie. Cause, but I, I think we're at that point where you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Uh, yeah. Like the last great one from him was the Martian. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, like I didn't love the last duel, but I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. And I think I like it even more because of House of Gucci in a weird way, where it's like I almost appreciate that movie a little bit more because even though there are some elements that don't necessarily work, but at least it's more focused in its themes and ideas than this, which just kind of seems like it basically vomited on the screen and like there, there there can't be an extended cut of this movie because it just feels like we saw an assembly cut as the theatrical version. Those couple moments where I feel like it weirdly cuts mid scene, but um, no, I definitely agree with you there. Um, Yeah. I mean, even the counselor, which has that sleaze factor, right? Well, Uh, alien, I mean, like you look at alien with the gaudiness of HR Giger's kind of production design and, and kind of like, the awe-inspiring nature of it and the grossness of the organic sort of body horror that's there. Like he is. And, and like, I even tweeted about this earlier today, Ridley Scott in, in the late eighties, one of the movies that's kind of been forgotten about it in his career is someone to watch over me, which is this erotic thriller with Tom Berenger and Mimi Rogers in the, in the late 1980s. And that movie, you know, for the most part is a very kind of plain, 
uh, sort of police procedural about a officer protecting a movie star. And there are elements that are very regal in terms of the movie stars penthouse in terms of like, you know, the, the, the production design, which is very Ridley Scott. Um, but he plays it in a manner that works because it's not doing anything more than it needs to, but it does have a couple of little bit of, or, or some embellishes that, that kind of make it stand out to be like, Oh, it, okay. I can see the Ridley Scott isms there, but it's still just a, an erotic thriller. And like, to your point with the counselor, with the Cameron Diaz scene, right? Like with the strap, the whole the thing. Car. I mean, I, I would say like that, I don't love the counselor, but I mean, I feel like it kind of knows what it is and everyone's sort of on the same level there Yeah, from the costume design and the performances and stuff like that, where, um, yeah, I don't know. This just does not work. And, um, it's unfortunate, but until the next Ridley Scott, which will be in six months, probably. Yeah. So. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> probably by the end of next year, we'll get kit bag, which is the Napoleon film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we've passed 300 episodes of this show, which I think is uh, pretty wild. Um, I don't want to reveal what exactly our 300. I think it might be Resident Evil. <laughs> it's got to be. We got to make uh, it 300. I, I'm like, I think this might be after that in our, I mean, we're recording them all at the same time uh, to break the fourth wall, but um I can put them in whatever I order I want. And I think I want to make Resident Evil our 300th episode. So uh, a ton of reviews and we'll have a ton more uh, coming up in the next couple of months. Eric and I have, uh, I have a pile of screeners I got to watch and we have a whole bunch of movie screenings we got to go to. So uh, you're in the right spot right here on Untitled Movie Reviews on podcast services or search for Untitled Movie Podcast or Untitled Movie Reviews on YouTube. And you can find us there as well. Uh, we also have another show called Untitled Movie Conversations we'd love for you guys to check out. Uh, Eric and I just did our Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler cast. Uh, had a lot of fun uh, chatting with Eric and sharing our spoiler-filled thoughts, very different thoughts on that movie. I also rewatched um, it uh, the other day, and you I did. still feel the same, yes. Oh, I'm surprised you went to go see it again. Did your family wanted to go see it or what? It was it was a timing. It was a scheduling thing. So I had yeah. um, an appointment in the late afternoon, early evening, and mm-hmm. there was just a screening of it around that time, and it just kind of worked out perfectly. So you thought, let me let me. Do and this I just again. wanted to. I just wanted to watch it again to confirm your. <laughs> but the thing that I will say that I can't believe I never brought up in in either my rogers review or in talking to you about it maybe we did i don't but i don't think i i did the film the the movie that jason reitman wants to make with that film without your bonus ghostbusters content at the end of (laughs) the 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 movie that he wants to make so badly and i can't believe i didn't recognize it right away the first time watching it is he wants to make close encounters of the third kind like sure. that's the movie he wants to make like the way that it plays out it's very spielbergian yeah, but yeah. specifically the shots of kind of the mountain and 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 that absolutely kind of stuff yeah is i've heard that in other encounters yeah i've heard that in other people's reviews i think and it, i mean i mentioned the amblin thing on the review right so yeah yeah of- covered that so uh just different perspectives on it but um thank you all again untitled movie podcast our other show we'll be back with that show next week the ghostbusters show kind of uh took the place of that show uh this week um untitled underscore movies over on letterbox that's probably your one-stop shop uh for everything um if you want to find all of our stuff just head over there 
And as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can find me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Both.